and welcome to the Gymcast on Hologram Radio. This is Alex Knight, and I am joined by Aline Sims, formerly of the Less Than or Equal podcast, and now a somewhat regular podcaster on The Incomparable, I think. Eh, sure. We'll go with that. Let's go with that. And Kate <laughs> Tempest Bradford, science fiction, fantasy, author, blogger, YouTuber, on what is, I'm sad to say... Our last episode covering the series of Gem and the Holograms. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. In season three, episode 12, A Father Should Be, Gem and the Holograms, with help from Ride and his dad, search for Bonnie's father. The holograms travel to different parts of the country using information provided by Riot and speak to three men they think might be Bonnie's father, Leonard Martin, Andy Martin, and Martin O'Carolan. There's a lot of Martins in here. I'm not sure what's going yeah. on there. Stay tuned for an action-packed episode. Showtime Synergy. Episode 65, the final episode of Gem... The TV series written by Christy Marks, the creator, which is very appropriate. Christy just taking us out home. <laughs> Tempest. <laughs> I just want to give you a hug. Are you going to hold it together? <laughs> You're going to be all right? Look, I just, I can't, I can't because, okay, I, I, I'll say this. When I was a kid watching this show, this episode came on. And I watched it and it was very, you know, sad, but also bittersweet because it's like, oh, Bonnie, she gets her dad, you know, all oh, that's really sweet. And then they sing the song at the end, which we'll talk about, and is really, you know, it was a moment I was like, oh. And then I got up the next day and, and turned on the TV that afternoon, expecting to see another episode of Gem and the Holograms. But then... You know, it was a rerun. And I can't remember if they went immediately all the way back to the beginning or what they did, but that had happened before. Like we would get to the end of what I now understand are seasons, but at the time as a kid, I was just like randomly they just started over again. Where are the new episodes? But they had done that before. And so I was like, Oh, okay. We'll have to watch all these other episodes again. And then the second time this episode came around, I that is when I realized that not only was that like the last episode, but that was the last, the very last episode of Gem of the Holograms ever, ever, ever. And and then I listened to the song at the end and I was like, holy crap, like this is it. And I just was so Aww. sad. I was like, no, I love this show. What will I do without Gem of the Holograms? And and the hole has never been filled in the void of my soul that was left by no more new episodes of Gem and the Holograms. I feel I feel the same way. I mean, the the TV series is was way too short. You know, three seasons is not very long. But I guess in the grand scheme of things, in comparison to other TV series in the eighties, it wasn't entirely uncommon. I mean, how long did Transformers and and GI Joe last? I don't think that long. Maybe four seasons. I want to say I could be wrong. I, I don't think any of them lasted that long. All right, and they weren't necessarily meant to either. I mean, 
Right. It, now that you know, looking back and seeing like what they kind of did with cartoons at the time, you know, they made enough episodes so that they could just like rerun them. But then, you know, there were other projects that, you know, there were, there were other toys. I mean, the gem toys didn't last very long. I think that Transformers and GI Joe had more of a life because those toys probably never went out of production really, but gem toys did not stay around for that long. Right. Um, so so tra Transformers, had, kind of Transformers had four seasons. So not that much longer. But uh, yeah, right. it's interesting right. how the but landscape of TV shows has changed. Like the way that just, uh, and, and obviously it has something to do with popularity, but I'm just wondering if maybe networks and studios are just more willing to take a risk on shows and fund them for longer periods of time. I, I mean, I, a great example is My Little Pony, right? The new fr the Friendship is Magic TV series, which is... Geez, I think they're going on its sixth season. I haven't even kept track of it, but it's it's been around for a while. I mean, that's unheard Something of. Something like that, yeah. Right. Well, but I think it's also because expectations for television are different. For example, the fact that you know when a season is. Like, did they even... I, I'm sure that in the production office, they understood that there was like a season one and a season two or whatever of Gem, but that was never really something that I understood as a kid, like that there was an actual like season break because kids cartoons sort of didn't really follow that pattern, especially the ones that like came on in syndication at random times, mm -hmm. um, you know, because they were just, nobody was really thinking of them that way. Like I understood about seasons on regular television because those followed a very strict pattern. Um, and, and some of them still do, you know, with American television, but the cartoons that came on in the afternoon didn't always follow that strict pattern, which is why, like, you would just accept that there would just be some times when you would see old episodes instead of new ones, but there wasn't necessarily a pretty rigorous pattern to it the way there was with other television. And I think that this, they didn't think the kids would notice or care. Right. Well, I think had the toy line been more successful, I, I definitely think they would have at least gotten a, another season out of that. I agree. I agree. They probably would have. But yeah, Gem Dolls, and I know that I've said this before, but they they didn't do as well as Hasbro had hoped. They didn't compete with Barbie the way that Hasbro really wanted them to, which they shouldn't have been trying to compete with Barbie, but never mind. Um, but And it was, you know, even as a kid, I had a Gem Doll, I can't remember. If, I don't think I had any of the other holograms, but I did have a gem doll, which my parents bought me because I love the show so much. Mm -hmm. But even I was like, this doll doesn't fit any of Barbie's clothes. Mm -hmm. She is kind of useless to me. And so, yeah, yeah that, that was a mistake for sure. But I, I mean, I, I, it's difficult to say whether or not that that would have, that would have helped at all. I'm sure it would have helped, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, my sister did have, the gem doll. I don't remember if she had Rio though, but she definitely had the gem doll like like so many kids and uh, a lot of the accessories and stuff like they sold it at, at the time. You know, I have a vague memory of, I think they had like actual like kid sized gem clothes that you could wear because I, I think my sister had like pink high heels or something like that. Gem high heels and the gem earrings and everything. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And you could get like the, the fingerless gloves and stuff like that, all that stuff that was popular. All right, so let's just get into this episode because this is good. this might be an emotional roller coaster. I don't know. I mean, the last episode was a bit, but it's a bit hard because this is a close to the to a much beloved TV series and not an entirely satisfying end. Uh, no. To put it lightly, 
So let's just get into that. So the opening of this uh, this episode is Bonnie's art teacher, Hope London, uh, who talks to Jem and says, you know, have you had a chance to see Bonnie's artwork yet? And she says, we're, we're on our way to see it now. And they, they end up in this exhibit. And you see other parents with kids and stuff like that. And it's kind of sad. You, you, you already know where this is going because Bonnie is looking sad. She's looking at other parents and who ha- other kids who have fathers and uh, yeah, she's looking pretty down. And you this see is this, true. And, yeah. And it's what is most interesting about this to me is that Bonnie is really the the one that has this particular hangup. And as has already been established, it's because she really believes that her father is out there somewhere. You know, the other Starlight girls don't have this hangup, possibly because both of their parents are are dead, and they know that. But for Bonnie, she knows that her mom has passed, but her dad could be out there. And, and because she has that, she, she doesn't have the same kind of, she still has the hang up of, of being upset when she sees that other people have, have fathers. Cause she's pretty sure that her dad is out there. She's like Annie, yeah, you know, like Annie hangs on to that hope that like her parents are still out there. They're coming back for her. They didn't die. They just left her there for whatever reason. And so they could still come back. And that's why she like still stubbornly yeah. clings to that. Oh, the man that reminds me. I, I I used to love Annie. I mean, I still do, but that, that made an impact on me. That was such a, it's such a sad story when you think about it. It's because, uh, yeah, there's no closure for Bonnie anyways. Like you, like you're saying Tempest, because the, when there's that possibility of, Oh, are, are maybe they, maybe he's alive, you know, then, that you cling on to that. Uh, uh, okay. So, Uh-oh. so in the previous episode where Bonnie got all father obsessed, I think I talked about this, but I am an only child of a single mother. My husband is an only child of a single mother. Neither one of us grew up with fathers and neither one of us av- ever acted like this neither one of us ever was like oh my god i gotta find him i'm gonna die i want to die like she literally looks out the window in this episode and is like i just i just don't want to live and i it makes me really angry because it doesn't seem I don't realistic know. it doesn't seem realistic it does not in any way shape or form resonate with me and i'm i'm sure there were probably kids like that i'm sure there were but Jeez, what a thing to stick yeah. your hat on in an episode where we so rarely get to see these kids. And it's yeah. all about how your life is incomplete unless you've got an active father. It's weird. I, and I it agree. Just, it just rubs me the wrong way. Like, like really. Ugh. Yeah. And I, you know, I asked Justin because he watched this, this episode with me and I was like, is this what you felt growing up? Is this, you know is this your experience? And he was like, no, this, this is not anything that, that appeals to me that I can relate to at all. And kind of the same for me, it's, you know, like I'm 34 and my mom is actively trying to get me to contact my father and track him down if he's alive. And I'm like, no, I I don't want to do that. So this episode to me feels like something that was written by someone who had two parents and who thought, oh my God, the world is going to be over or the world would be over if I didn't have my father. I don't know if that's true or not, but from Right. my perspective that's what it feels like 
I don't know. I, I think that I always saw this as being from the perspective of, you know, somebody who, who doesn't have their parent at all. You know, I, I, and I understand what you're saying. And I guess I'm just wondering like if it's different because she's a foster kid as opposed to a kid being raised by a single mother, which, which I, cause like I could totally understand. I, I could totally understand. Like if you have, one of your parents and, and you're, and you're very close to them and, and you feel like your life is complete and you're like, I really don't want to like go find that dude who's, you know, donated the sperm to make me <laughs> because they're, they're not something that's like needed in your life. Like that I can understand as well. I mean, I think that it's, it's more supposed to speak to the, the kids who, who have lost their parents tragically and, and are, are, you know, missing that particular connection, but I can understand what you're saying. I mean, I, you know, I have a parent who, um, their one of their biological parents, um, disappeared out of their life and, um, they got a great step parent out of it. Um, and actually this was, it was such a thing that they didn't give a crap about that missing parent that I didn't know that one of my grandparents was a step grandparent. until I was like 13 years old. Okay. Um, because that person was their parent, you know, that person raised them, that person was there for them. They didn't, you know, they don't give a crap about that bio parent who went away. So I can, I can understand what you're saying, Aline, but I think that I guess I've always just assumed that this was from the perspective of somebody who is just in, in a situation where they, they lost that parent, you know, Bonnie lost her parents and, and there was, you you know, being in a, in the foster system, I think it's just slightly different. Yeah. Yeah, And that's valid. So this scene with Bonnie looking out the window and she's just, really really sad the other starlight girls are coming up to her trying to cheer her up and i i thought it was kind of humorous though when they're just throwing things like ideas at her to try to cheer like cheer her up and one of them's like do you want to see a movie and then the other one's like have some carrot cake and and, and that's the sticking point they go to the kitchen and jerica's like she wouldn't eat carrot cake I, yeah like, why was she so shocked by that <laughs> no wouldn't eat the yeah. carrot cake yeah, and I I do agree though that the week it gets just so freaking dramatic in this episode with Bonnie like literally having a mental health problem where she she is feeling so depressed that she is she just doesn't want to go on. And and while I can understand how she could feel that way, I sort of felt like once again they weren't really handling the portrayal of that particular problem well. Like why can't she just be really sad that it just spurs them to go like, you know what, let's do this. Let's finally like try to find this girl's father because Lord knows why they haven't tried to do it before this time. Like, why does it take Bonnie saying she just, yeah. that she wants to die for them to be like, well, I guess we'll go look for him. And why aren't they calling her caseworker? And why isn't, why don't they have a counselor talking to her? And why, like, there are so you know? many things that, wrong, that are wrong with this whole thing, and and it gets worse for me anyway. But uh, this, um, uh, what was I going to say? I lost my train of thought. Uh, I, I think it, it, I'm not sure if it's Ashley in this scene here. This is in the kitchen where Jerica seems surprised that she that Bonnie would need the carrot cake, and I think it's Ashley that says, you know, she just sits there and stares out the window all day. It's creepy. 
<sighs> yeah. Thanks, Ashley. Yeah, Ashley. I mean, I could see a kid saying that. Like, this is this is abnormal behavior. Yeah. And it's I, Ashley. I, I like <laughs> that they they try to and like I again I don't condone the like how this whole thing is handled, but they do try to get in touch with Randy James to bring him back to try to cheer her up from that previous episode where Bonnie thought that Randy was her real father. And yeah, he happens to be in town. So of course they, they, they go oh after God. him. It, but it's just, it's so funny because they're like, Bonnie, what's a father? I know. Let's call Randy James. Like that yeah. was a problem before you guys. What do you, but yeah. Not, now he's just a session <laughs> drummer, right? I think right. that's what okay, he does. He's a session drummer, but here's what I love about when they go to find Randy James is that like Jim, goes to some random studio somewhere and who's in the studio but riot and and pizzazz, pizzazz. alone alone like there are no other misfits but there's like a bunch of random musicians in there and and riot is saying there he's like now pizzazz you need to give it a little more oomph and i'm like what is happening what is happening in the scene mm-hmm. and then jeff busts up in there like she interrupts recording to be like randy i need to talk to you i'm like can you wait how about you just wait? Like you are so rude, and everybody just lets her. Pizzazz doesn't even have a line in this scene. Pizzazz isn't like, "Why are you in my recording session trying to steal my drummer?" Which is uncharacteristic, right? It's she's mellow. Jim- she's mellowed out. <sighs> Guess yeah. Jim Jim's in there, and it should have been immediately, in my opinion, Pizzazz. Like, hey, WTF? Because um, I try not to curse on this, po- this podcast, but I don't do it too well. Uh- <laughs> You know, what are you doing? Why are you here? This isn't about you. Or turning to Riot and saying, what is she doing here? Why did you have her? I thought we were doing this thing. Or, like, something. But for her to be totally non-confrontational is bizarre. Yeah. So Randy tries to cheer up Bonnie, and it doesn't really work. And he kind of jokingly says, well, is that the kind of welcome that that I get? And she's like, oh, I'm sorry, Randy. I... But I I need my real father. If I can't my if I can't have my real father, I I don't even want to live anymore. And then the grown man goes off and sulks in the corner. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. I just I can't. These people are all terrible. They're all terrible. It's like <laughs> yeah. It's like the last ride of Jerrica's a terrible mother is this episode. Mm-hmm. It's like and now everybody is yeah. terrible the episode well jim i mean uh, not jim but jerica is trying to tell bonnie that you know you do have a family we're your family and then of course we get the uh, jim and the hologram song family is Ugh. with a bunch of weird robin hood Damn. type characters and pirates i don't know what's going on in this music video so I feel like this music video randomly is like bringing up stuff from old episodes without actually preparing us for that because we sort of see well, we'll we'll see this later where where Bonnie is like pulling out all these books and and looking at the sort of male heroes in the books as like role models for fatherhood or whatever but yeah like that imagery shows up in this video without us knowing why but it's sort of a callback to with the first episode where we dealt with Bonnie and her dad and like some of those images of like you know men coming to save her are from that yeah uh, episode and some of them are from the literacy episode well actually I just I just remembered actually at the beginning of this episode uh, if you look at the art exhibit her drawings are those right. characters I just remember that yeah they are yeah yeah they're, uh, they're all the men coming to save her. yeah yeah 
Yeah, and I guess, so the first time I watched this, I thought, okay, this is really weird, but it's still not as weird as, you know, those early episodes where it was like hot air balloon rides and getting out on the clouds and um, diving into a cove of gold and jewels and whatever. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'll just go with this. This is fine. And then the rewatch I did tonight before we recorded, I thought, oh, well, this is kind of Bonnie's imagination, right? And I think it is, it's definitely calling back. That's definitely the Robin Hood that we saw earlier. And that's definitely, you know, but um, I kind of gave it a pass the second time because I was like, oh, you know, maybe, excuse me, <clears throat> maybe Jim and, and, and the holograms have come back and told stories about these adventures that they've had. And so that's why she's drawing these pictures and that's why they're the, the men that she's, um, uh, idolizing as her potential father or what that archetype would be for her is because they're all these, you know, heroic men. And so she's just kind of making that fit into what she wants. Um, I don't yeah. know, though. That's kind of how I'm passing it, though. Why is yeah, nobody talking to Bonnie about th how problematic her idealized drawings are of what a father, quote, should be? Like, isn't she setting herself up for disappointment? But I don't know. I'll, I feel like a lot of people do that whenever they fantasize about somebody who's not there. I don't think that's totally abnormal. What I find interesting about her fantasies is they're all extremely Western and white. Yes. I mean, I understand that her father is white, but like literally she's only imagining him as a dude out of white Western fantasies. He's a knight in shining armor from, you know, medieval Europe or he's Robin Hood or he's Sherlock Holmes. And I'm like, hasn't anybody given this girl any kind of non-Western literature to read ever? No. no. Ever. But she grew oh up God. in the United States. Why, why is that surprising? It's not surprising. It's just annoying. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I, I don't see that as unrealistic though. I mean, she's, she's an orphan, right? I mean, grew up in the United States. So, but yeah, she needs a, she's got to have parents in her life, I guess. If, I mean, it's not. Colonialism like is the devil. Mm -hmm. Agreed. So the holograms are trying to figure out this whole mess with, well, now we need to track, let's, let's just track down Bonnie's father. And how are we going to do this? Well, Riot's father is an officer in army intelligence. So they enlist Riot's father. So I like that they brought him back for this episode. And he still seems to be, I mean, it's hinted at that he is more or less getting along with Riot because he's not yelling at the right. top of he's his... Yeah. A terrible yeah. So I guess can, that's can, good. Can we back up just just a tiny bit here and and go to, to Jim and Riot's um, conversation where she asks him to go to his mom because he is wearing a low-cut fishnet tank top and I just want to point that out <laughs> for everybody. I did not <laughs> notice this. I love that. Too. I love that yeah. outfit. It's so ridiculous. Like the, yeah. the fishnet tank top outfit is one of my favorite riot outfits. It just it it makes no sense. It is a ridiculous piece of clothing, and it's perfect for him. Yeah. Um, but but also in this episode, we kind of are sort of getting back to like the old riot, but like the non annoying riot because she comes to him and she's like, "Please, can you do this for me?" And he even says, "You know how I really don't like asking my father for things." But then again. 
you're the reason why I even talk to him now. So I'll do it. And then she's like, oh, thank you, Ryan. She goes, okay. So I was like, I'm going to collect a yeah. kiss from you later. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, Ryan. Just, But at least he didn't say, like, I'm going to collect a real kiss from you now and shove her up against the wall. I guess that would have been yeah. inappropriate. Yeah. I actually smiled at that. And then I was like, wait, why am I smiling at that? And I realized because it was the right we've been conditioned to have and not the right of the previous episode. And I was like, oh, I'm in familiar territory now. So I smiled and then I was like, no, this is not a thing to smile at. He's not the right we need right now, but he's the right we deserve. No, he's not. We deserve much better. Much better. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is with Riot's outfit there. The pink, uh, or not. No, it's not pink. It's a purple top with like a purple tank top with the fishnet underneath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, he's a rock star. He's allowed. So they, anyway, so they, they the next scene, they, oh, let me set that up properly. Riot and his father in the next scene uh, start doing research to try to f- narrow the search on possibilities for Bonnie's father. And they find that there are only two people that come up in the database matching that name, uh, which was Martin, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. But they didn't know if Martin was a first name or a last name. Right. Mm-hmm. So there were, ends up, turns out, three Martins. That's right. Two last name, one first name. I was wondering what parameters they had to search because Martin is a pretty common name. Um, and they well, only had to, with- well, they had to be like in the war. They had to have red hair because Bonnie knows he has red hair. So that, that probably narrows it down a lot. That actually. probably does. Yeah. Um, and he also had to be in the, the province because she knew what province she came from. So they had to be stationed in that province during a certain period of time. Um, so I, I feel like actually with those parameters, you could narrow it down yeah, I think you know, so. quite a bit. Yeah, good points. And so the, the holograms decide to split up uh, to try to cover more ground. So they're, they're all going, breaking up into groups to, to try to try to track these guys down and see, see which one is which. And they end up going to this veterans hospital and we see Kimber and Aja talking to the doctor there. And yeah, he mentions that there, there's someone here by the name of um, Martin o- O'Carroll. What's the last name again? O'Carrollin or something like that? Sure. And he describes that his condition when they brought him in was really rough. And apparently he's experienced some kind of memory loss. Which is how you know. Right. How this episode's going to turn out. What happens here is completely unrealistic because the two of them ask for his address. And of course, doctor patient confidentiality rules would not allow him to just give the address of this patient out to people he doesn't know who are not family. Or or even the fact that his medical condition, like during this entire scene, I kept yelling at the thing, HIPAA laws. HIPAA laws. Yeah. HIPAA laws forbid you 1996. to do this. 1996. HIPAA, HIPAA was enacted in 1996, yeah. which is how uh, I got through the scene because I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. HIPAA okay. laws. HIPAA laws. Oh, yeah. 96. I mean, so maybe okay. that, maybe you know that is believable. 
that you know what that this makes a lot of murder she wrote episodes make sense because sometimes Jessica <laughs> will roll up at places and they'll just be like, oh yeah, he was here and he was shot in the side and he had a mental condition and he was and I'm like, why right. are you telling her all these things? Remember what's happening? But I, I I did not know that that was 1996. So yep. good good catch. <laughs> I just want to say that I am wholeheartedly a murder she wrote fan. Good show. That's because it's fast. <laughs> Love that sound of my childhood. Yeah. So they split up and they go in three directions. Okay, cool. Why did they not meet with the caseworker and say, hey, how do we approach these dudes? And instead, they're rolling up and they're saying, yeah, so there's this like girl who's an orphan, we think, but you might be her dad. What do you think? And I'm like, look, look, none of these were like. <laughs> Caseworkers don't exist in this world. Like, just like oh. geography doesn't really exist in this world, and time is is all timey wimey. They don't have like that that one dude who came in that one episode from the foster care people. He's that the was only the dude one literally. dude. He's the only dude who yeah. ever works anywhere, and he is dead now. Like he is he he was so overworked <laughs> that he died of a heart attack six episodes ago. And this is why they couldn't call on him to help with any of this business. And so that is why, because it makes no sense. Yeah, and also the things. It, or they could have had a meeting where they were like, so this is a really big deal. I wonder how we should approach these three men and let them know that they, you know, they're candidates for being the biological father of this child. Nope. Just like, yep. You might be this kid's <laughs> dad. Are you? It, it was bizarre. It's it's yeah. weird. I mean, I mean, come on. In the eighties, didn't they have tests that they could pr- use to prove that? Well, not I mean, even just that. Like, here's the thing, because because what ends up happening is like, okay, so so Kimber and Aja go off to find Martin O'Callaghan or whatever the dude's name is, the guy who who was in the hospital, and then um, somebody finds another dude, but he's clearly not the right one, and then Jerica and Shayna. I can't remember who who she goes with, but Jerrica and somebody else go and find a dude in Las Vegas, and somehow they find him, even though he's like in just some casino, mm-hmm. and and the dude in the casino is just playing blackjack and losing all his money, yeah. apparently like he does every day. But then you know when they discover that he is thinks well, that on, Jim is his good luck. We're, we're really jumping far ahead here because we didn't talk about the the other guy that uh, that is the factory worker. Well, we don't need to talk about him. He wasn't the father. Okay, fine. So that scene is not important. <laughs> moving not on. The father. Yeah, moving on. Like, no, I mean, I said, like, they they went and found him, but he's clearly not Bonnie's dead. Fine. Okay. So, but but this this Las Vegas guy, like, they don't like him. He immediately comes off as a complete ass. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's just, he's just off the charts, just not okay. And bring me luck, then, Jim, like, baby. They, bring me luck. Right. So they discover that he thinks Jim is his good luck charm. So then Jerrica, of course, goes into the bathroom, changes into Jim, come back, comes back out. And kids, he was like completely rude to Jerrica. He's like, I don't try to remember Vietnam. And eh. and then when Der- when Jim comes out, he's like, oh, yeah, bring me to little Bonnie, whatever. And and here is my thing. When they do this and, and they bring him, they don't vet him at all like what is their purpose if they are not even going to attempt to vet this person like did you sit down and have a conversation with the man why don't you get the details from him first see if he remembers things like they could have ruled him out in vegas but instead they put him on a plane back to fake san angeles indeed 
in, 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 that's in, <clears throat> that's jumping ahead. I'll I'll hold my tongue. Okay. So back at Starlight Mansion, Bonnie is drawing a picture of what she thinks her father should look like. Which, by the way, <sighs> is hilarious. It's just a guy with red hair wearing a brown suit with a tie, and for some reason he has a pipe. I don't know where this comes from. All in America, dads have pipes. Okay. They're given one. Birth. Yeah. Here's your pipe. Well, this this is Bonnie's opportunity to sing a song, which we've heard before in a previous episode uh, that kind of centered around her father. So she sings that song, A Father Should Be. So I, even though it's a repeat and I'm generally like, meh, repeats, again, this is a good, this was a good choice to put this song back here. Like there's, there's no other song that Bonnie can sing or anybody can sing at this point that is as poignant as this song. The setup for it is stupid, but the song itself is great. Um, And as again, you know, we have this imagery of, you know, who the father should be and it's these men who are coming to rescue her and it's like Robin Hood and Sherlock Holmes and, and these other like literary figures, these white Western literary figures. And uh, and so it's very similar to what was going on in the, the original video. But this video, I think, is not as moving. It's definitely not as well animated. Because I remember when we first saw this, this video, we remarked on how beautiful the animation was. Um, this one, it's okay animation, I, I would say. But the song, I think, still is really moving. It's still one of my favorite, favorite songs. Yeah, I, I agree. So back in Las Vegas, is that where we are now? Uh, well, it's a casino uh, anyways. No, no. it's um, Well, yeah, it is a Las Vegas casino that they're in. They're trying to convince this guy, this this low life, that he should, you know, come and take a look at Bonnie and see if he thinks it might be she might be his daughter, which is just weird. It's so weird. Yeah, that's like, not are how you, you approach that. It's like, are you this person's father? Can you like meet this person? I mean, no, that's not how you do things. But eventually, he decides that he's just gonna go and do it. Well, look, because says, I'm a little sensitive about my past. He, hits me. He thinks hits me that right Jem is very rich and he is seeing dollar signs. Like this dude. Yeah, he's got clear, ulterior like, motives. They, they could have animated dollar signs in his eyes and it would have still been realistic. And so finally, the, the last person on the list here is Martin O'Carolyn. And apparently he's an artist. So just as a reminder, this is the guy that had amnesia and they go to they go to see him and he seems like the most likely person to be uh, bonnie's father and what gives it away is a painting on the wall which looks very familiar it looks a lot like an older version of bonnie and it must be her father Right, right, because when they ask him who she is, he's like, uh, that's just a woman I see in my dreams sometimes. I'm like, oh my God, that's the most beautiful thing ever. That's how I felt about that. Yeah. I don't know if Alina agrees. <laughs> I'm not a sentimental person. <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> 
You're as cold as ice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I just thought it was is one of the things. This is actually one of the things that I remember distinctly about this episode is that you know when they go to find him at first, he's like, "I couldn't be your father because I don't remember anything," and you know, whatever. And he's just really just very avoidant about his time in Vietnam, which you know, hey, it was terrible. Um, War is hell. So. So, but then when they see the picture and it's this beautiful picture of this woman and he's like, that's just a woman I see in my dream sometimes. And you're just like a clearly, clearly this man is Bonnie's father because I mean, not only does that woman look just like Bonnie, but it's just like, that's the kind of thing that would linger. Like even if you had, if you were blocking out mm-hmm. what happened to you or you had amnesia because of trauma or whatever, just the fact that he sees her in his dreams, it's like so beautiful that he's like still dreams of this woman that he loved, that he lost. Uh, Absolutely. I agree. And so back at Starlight Mansion, uh, Jerky McGinger shows up. And uh, he's like, whoa, you <laughs> you, must have, you must have a lot of dough to keep a place like this running. I do but want no. to know where their money goes. I know taking care of kids is expensive. It's not that expensive. It's not even that it's expensive. It's that they don't, they don't know what they're doing. As a yeah. business, they are a poorly yeah. run business. So this is why they have no money. Not even just because they have to take care of Starlight House. Because like they're, they're an entire record company with one band. One. <laughs> I oh, wait. Am, there's, now there's two. Because there's the Fifth Avenue Boys. There's two bands. This whole freaking record company. I'm very frustrated and disgusted that this, this whole thing is so inappropriate with this guy showing up that they haven't really vetted and they just let Bonnie run into his arms. Yeah. And, pi- right? and he picks her up. I'm like, this is not appropriate. It's yeah, not this okay. is the stuff I wanted to rant about earlier when I was like, I'll wait until the appropriate time. Because, yeah. I, w- I don't even know if I have words for it. Like, you were so irresponsible. You were so freaking irresponsible from the beginning to the end of this episode. It's just over and over and over again, like this lack of thinking about things in any kind of responsible way. They don't think about how to approach potential you know, fathers. They don't think about how to introduce them. It's just like, oh yeah, I guess we'll bring him to the house and see what happens to this kid who ran off and found a drummer in a previous episode and decided that that, that was her father. Like, I just, why are you not handling this with more care? Why can you not tell that the skeezy man who was wishing on Jem for luck in the casino, maybe not, maybe is not the most scrupulous of, of individuals. Like, right. ah, well, just, and what it, makes this even more horrendous is that they just let this guy drive off with this child. Right. Oh my God. What? I was this, screaming this, so this much should be the illegal. Television. They should be yeah, arrested right. and, for this. This is negligent. This is negligence. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like you literally let some little girl ride off with a strange man. Like, and and plus the fact that like I know at least some of the PSAs on this TV show have been about stranger danger and not getting into cars with people you don't know. She got into a car with a man she doesn't know. Like yep. it, it, ah, oh, it's just okay. So what's what's weird is that okay, I like I said I've only watched this episode like twice, um, when I was a kid, and like even when I got the DVDs, like I wouldn't watch this episode. It was too emotional for me. But one of the things I didn't remember was that he he took her off like that they just let him take her away like in my memory i thought that it was something like 
they were all supposed to go somewhere together and he got her away from them or something like that. Like it, I didn't remember that they, he was just like, yeah, let's just get in my car and drive away. Yeah. And they're like, okay, bye. It, you know, and then they're, they're all sitting around like, oh, it's so sad that he's your father. It's like, God, you haven't determined that yeah, yet. Yeah, this doesn't make any women? sense. And then Martin, like, what are you doing? And then Martin O'Carolyn shows up and Jem, Jem's like, oh, well, you're too late. Uh, you know, unfortunately, Andy Martin is his fa- is Bonnie's real father. Fa- How now. do you know this? Because he said so? I, 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 I'm just beside myself. I am beside I myself. I wanted to reach it to the screen and just smack all of them. Just like, yep. what, what is wrong with you? Um, yeah. The, uh, yeah. Just, there's nothing creepy about this dude, right? Nothing creepy at all. And they know that though. They even say, they even say this. They don't trust. They're not even trusting their own intuition. And what drives me nuts is that they know this guy is a sleaze ball, but they let her go with him anyway. Right. Like, just because, even if Andy Martin was her real biological father, like, it doesn't mean that she should be with him if he's not father material. There's just so many things wrong with this. Right. Once again, Jerrica is not exercising her good judgment as a freaking mother. Yep. You know, how how do you like you're you're her mother, you're her caretaker, you are legally responsible for her. What are you doing? Jerrica's a terrible mother. Like that's you know, the the end theme of this show is Jerrica's a terrible mother. Yeah. So Andy Martin takes Bonnie to an abandoned zoo for some reason. And then Bonnie quickly realizes she doesn't want, really want to be there. And he starts to become more and more aggressive and even violent. And he's like, what? Don't you stop at, like, why don't you stop asking so many questions? And she runs away and he ends up grabbing her and tossing her into, I guess, one of the animal uh, cells. Locks what her I in find there. Interesting- yeah, what I find interesting is like, did they do this because in the last episode where Bonnie was like dealing with her father, she also got in trouble at a zoo? Is that why they chose the zoo for the? Uh, I'm still not 100 percent certain. I understand <laughs> why he's there. Right, like, because are there abandoned zoos? Like, are there really actually abandoned zoos? That well, you know, that's possible. I mean, there's certainly there are lots into- of things that are abandoned. Right. I mean, maybe it was that same zoo. Like, maybe what happened was after that incident with Bonnie, they shut down that zoo because they were like, if kids could just be wandering, <laughs> just jumping. Publicity. Right. If kids could just be jumping in here with the lions or whatever it was in there. I can't remember what it was. I think maybe it was a gorilla. I, I can't remember. No, it was a bear. It's like, if people could just jump in here with the bears, it clearly this zoo is subpar. And then they just shut it down. Right. I like how the <laughs> zoo doesn't. The same zoo. I like how the zoo doesn't even have an actual name because Andy Martin calls. Uh, gem and says that you know i I, i'm holding bonnie for ransom and you got to bring a million dollars to to this place and and she tells real uh and everyone else that andy has has taken her hostage and wants a million dollars and she's at she's at the old zoo i don't know i just thought it was funny right yeah it's it's very unspecific but i'm just like this is so weird like a zoo like Mm. what i don't know well martin decides to volunteer himself because he tells them, you know, I was trained for this in the army for these types of rescue missions. So I'm going to go and we're going to, we're, we're going to rescue Bonnie. Rio decides to 
decides to go as well, but Martin says no. You know, it'll, too many people will tip him off. Which, which is, I, you know what? This is the first time that Rio has not been ridiculously involved in things. And so that's I true. applaud you, sir. Thank you for making Rio sit down, stay yeah. in his damn lane. But But also we have this dude who's just like, I know, I know, I don't have my memory, but I'm an expert and you should trust me. Yeah. So we see Martin O'Carroll and he's going, he's like on all fours, crawling through the bushes and stuff like that in this zoo. And he's looking for Bonnie. And then he starts having these flashbacks to his time in the Vietnam War. And he catches a glimpse of uh, the obviously what what is bonnie's mother uh, and then he the name pops into his memory kyo chin and he's like and he doesn't really know who that is doesn't seem like he really he's not making the connection i guess but he's have he has all these flashbacks these these traumatic flashbacks of just the explosions the violence of war yeah and what i found interesting was that at first i was thinking oh this is kind of an interestingly accurate depiction of ptsd where like he's in a situation that is making him remember right it's triggering him and but then all his memories come back like every he's like you know and then i met her and then we got married and then i put her on a cart and then i told her this and he's like oh now i know where body came from like okay (laughs) that's not quite as realistic Yeah, his life flashes by pretty fast. It's like, I was yeah, in a war, but, I was in, un- unconscious, she saves me, I bang her, and then yeah. she's pregnant. <laughs> yeah. So, but but it was, I did think that it was, it made a lot of sense for for him to be triggered and have, yes. you know, some flashbacks, or at least, you know, have those triggering moments. It didn't seem to incapacitate him as no. much as it probably should have if we're being super realistic, but it was an mm-hmm. interesting way to finally get the whole story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. So meanwhile, Martin's trying to save Bonnie and, and, and distract Andy and Jem shows up without the money, uh, which uh, doesn't make Andy too happy. But uh, Bonnie uh, does end up getting saved by, by Martin. Oh, she almost falls to her death, by the way. She's trying to climb out of this cage and she slips and, and he catches her, of course. I'm telling you, it's the same freaking enclosure that she went down in in the last episode. Oh, totally. It does seem like the same zoo, doesn't it? Now, Jem has to distract Andy, and so she uses synergy to conjure up a few holograms of (laughs) some gorillas, which start chasing him. It's quite hilarious. Yeah... By the way, this is the only synergy that we get actually for several episodes. Yeah, it's she's, really, she's really absent yeah, and, lately. Yeah, like, and basically we don't get to say goodbye to synergy. No, it, it's really not a great ending to the series. We'll we, we are thoughts. going. We are we'll, going. We have to, to get into that. This. Yeah, we are yeah. going to. This is a thing that's happening. Sure. Well, anyway, so so they finally they finally catch Martin or not Martin. They finally catch Andy and lock him in a in an animal cage and and he threatens to sue them which you know i i i doubt he would win that for kidnapping i mean i would love to have seen him try it's like your honor they put me in a cage well why did they do that because Mm -hmm. i kidnapped a 12 year old girl and demanded a million dollars ransom it's like sir sir sir. (laughs) what do you 
Yeah. He's going to... So this next scene, the final scene of this episode is at Starlight Mansion and everybody's there. The holograms are there. The stingers are there, you know, and Riot tries to get a kiss uh, from Jem, which, you know, he promised earlier on in this episode that he wanted to. And he's like, well, you, she's, she says to him, you know, you, you're, you'll have to settle for, for Bonnie. And she thanks him for, for, for his help in tracking down her, her real father. And then the doorbell rings and the misfits walk in. And I'm wondering, you know, the first time I've seen this episode, I'm wondering why the hell are the misfits here? And of course, Pizzazz says, you know, you can start the party now. The misfits are here. So here's what happened because, and this is very clear from, from what ensues is that Kimber was on the phone with Stormer and Kimber was like, so we can't have sex tonight because it's Bonnie's oh going away party. And Stormer was like, oh, Bonnie finally found her father because Stormer knows all about of Bonnie's does, troubles right. because Kimber is on the phone with her every night, like talking about all the crap that goes on in the mansion that makes no damn sense. And Kimber's like, yeah, we did finally find him. And then she probably explained some stuff. And Stormer's like, why did you let her go off with that man? And Kimber's like, don't ask me. Jerrica's the one who let her do that. But anyway, so then Stormer was like, you know what? Bonnie's going away. We have to go over there and Pizzazz, you're going over there and the rest of you are coming with me because we have to say goodbye to the little girl that we almost ran over with a bulldozer the first time we met her. We have to make up for that. So yeah, so that's why the misfits showed up. Jerrica says, you know, Pizzazz, if you've, if, you, if you've just come by to start trouble and she's, and she's like, why do you always think the worst of me? I, I wonder... Because you tried to run the children over with a bulldozer the day after they met you. Right. I, I, by the way, I did like how Stormer says, don't answer that. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, Stormer is the it's... reason why they're there. Because Stormer is the one who comes forward <laughs> and is holding the gift. Right. Okay, this is why I said, like, Kimber told Stormer all about this. And Stormer was like, we're doing this. And then after this scene, Stormer's like, Pizzazz, I need you to know that Kimber and I are getting it busy three nights a week, sometimes four when y'all aren't watching and you need to just accept <laughs> that our love is true and good. And Pizzazz is like, okay, fine. I will accept that your love is true and good. And, and I'll make friends with Jem because of it. But yeah. why would she, why does she that? call a truce? This is so since like, when, where is this coming from? Since when, does she, does, since when does she ever listen to Stormer? She's too busy beating Stormer down yeah. to listen to a word it, it's she It's out says. of character. It really is out of character. I, I really actually like, wonder, see, you know, throughout the season, I felt like things were not developed as much as they could have been. And I wonder if that's because they thought that they were going to have more time. Because yeah. this, is short, this is a short season, shorter than season two. And I don't know that they knew that they were, this was going to be it for them when they first started production. But by the time they got to the end of production, they knew that this was all they were going to be able to do. And so I think that that's why this episode feels weird, especially here at the end where like randomly yeah. the misfits show up and randomly they're calling a truce and, you know, all this stuff and, and things being out of order, things being like weirdly out of order. I think that's all just because this was kind of a surprise to them in the middle of production, but so they had to wrap things up. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I appreciate your, your headcanon. I truly do. But it's just, it just feels so bad. Like it, it just feels so bad. Well, and it's, uh, it's unsatisfying. 
because it's just, it just this is not how you end this. But anyway, yeah. so let's just wrap because the the last moments here of this episode is we, we see Bonnie and her father and she's saying goodbye to everyone and Jam and the holograms are saying goodbye and she leaves with her father. And oh, wait, no, you wait. Before we get to that, we have to get to the freaking part where... Oh, Jam we didn't like, talk about the last oh, song. Funny. Bonnie didn't right. even ask where Jackra was. <laughs> I'm like, are we really doing this in the very last yep. episode? Are we really still having this moment where she's like, Jackra just does it right. Shut up, woman. Shut up. This isn't even your moment. Oh, my God. Okay. So, so after Bonnie is like, where's Jerrica? I want to say goodbye to her. And I was just like, see, quit your bitching and get over there as Jerrica. And then Bonnie, of course, runs to her. And she's like, I love you, Jerrica. I miss you. And Jerrica's like, you'll always, right, you'll always be my little girl. I'm like, really? Really? Yeah. Because you sure acted like a mother this whole time, but whatever. Yeah. And then, of course, like the dad says that they'll come back and visit and everything's, you know, they're not going to be rid of Bonnie forever. So that's good. And then 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 it's time to say goodbye. And then we get the song. Oh my god. This is farewell. (laughs) (laughs) They lied to Tempest in this song. Yeah. Well in so many ways it's it's not just a farewell to like it's not Jem and the hologram saying farewell to Bonnie. It's 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 the, the show creator saying goodbye to the fans. Right, right. And that is what, like, I, I'm telling you, I had an emotional breakdown when I realized <laughs> that that's what this song was. Because, like, yeah, it's like everybody's waving goodbye. Like, did you notice how the, the animation, like, literally, everybody's just waving goodbye to the camera. And I'm like, what? what? No, no, because they're not waving goodbye to Bonnie. They're waving goodbye to the camera. Camera, yeah, it's I I choked up too. It is it is emotional, and, and then I was realizing too. It's like, oh, we, I'm not. This podcast is done. Like I've had such a good time doing it, and now I realize that really, we don't have any more gem to cover anymore. So yeah, that was uh, it was a bit sad. Yeah, I know. I, I, I yeah, I feel like a part of me has died. Oh wow. And like and like Bonnie turns around and she waves to us and it just ends with that little the little drum thing and I was <laughs> Yep. I can't take it anymore. So we should probably talk about now the Oh well first of all, I guess there's not much else to say about the song other than it is sad. And it's a good song. The episode ends with, of course, Bonnie leaving with her father. So it's nice that at least Bonnie gets what she wanted, which is to find her real father. And the episode closes, of course, which is, to me, I think the saddest part is just Jem waving goodbye to the audience. I know, right? It's just like, it, I, I can't even listen to this song. Like, when I listen to my MP3s, I always, like, keep this song off the playlist because, like, just the those last moments of the song when it's just instrumental are just very sad because, like, that's all I see is, like, Jem waving goodbye to me. Yep. I don't yeah. blame you. Because yeah, the and it was like I said, there was nothing else like this really on TV, and I loved this show so much that it was just really heartbreaking that I was not going to get to have any more of it. 
And there's never been anything like it since. Yeah. And I think that's why, like, I, I continue to love it and remember it and listen to all the songs and was so excited for the DVD releases and, and became like part of gem fan communities and mailing lists and stuff like that. Because I was just, it was just so sad to like leave this world behind as, as ridiculous as it is. <laughs> it's just, this world is really, really ridiculous. It is Gem really being ridiculous. Ri- this cartoon is ridiculous? No. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing that I love about it, looking back now, is that it paved the way for the comic. And the comic is phenomenal. It is so, so good. And I feel like as a society, like if they could do the cartoon now, it would be what the comic is because as a society, I think we're more willing to listen to the messages. Those, you know, those, those nits that we've picked out, what a gross analogy. Those, <laughs> those you know, those gems that we've, Jesus, oh, peas. Those things that we've picked out that were like, no, this was really progressive. You know, they, they telegraphed Kimber and Stormer pretty, pretty well, I think Agreed. for, you know, they, um, <laughs> the polyamorous triad, I think, is something that that we're more uh, willing to accept now. Although I don't think that's actually happening in the comics the way we would want it to. Uh, you know, but but it was such a progressive show from from having you know the hints at lesbian relationships to a very diverse cast. It's more diverse than pretty much anything on TV right now. I think probably. Um, yeah. It, people of color, people from different regions with different accents, with different hair colors, and they're all accepted. It's never like, well, you know, you're clearly Chinese, so you can't do this thing or whatever, which is a thing that we get in TV now. Um, so it, it does so well. And I think that it's paved the road for, you know, for Jim and the Holograms as, as we get it today. Um, and I would totally watch if they decided to revive it as a cartoon, I would totally be on board to watch that and podcast about it. Yeah. Uh, and all the silly people with silly accents and weird voices. Those I mean, the fun. accents would still be silly because television. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I I mean, the... and I go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, all right. I will. But I, I had just started really reading the comics and I've been really impressed because it's clear how much the the writer and the artist, how much they loved Jem. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and how they really thought about ways to make some of the things that don't make any sense make a little bit more sense. Like the whole thing with how Jerrica becomes Jem. It's not that, you know, she was just like some lady and then there was a hologram machine and then she decided to become a musical superstar. Like Jerrica sings. Jerrica mm-hmm. is a singer, but she's just, she doesn't have very much self-confidence. And that's why she has to hide behind Jem. And that's something that is hinted at in this cartoon, but not really explored. And I don't think that that was where they wanted to start with the character because you know this is just like it's like superhero stuff except for girls with a rock band Mm -hmm. um but still it's it's one of those things where you know you can see how the you know that cartoon and and thinking about character motivation and other things really led to the comic which i so far i'm really loving a lot yeah i think one of the most bizarre 
episodes was the Beauty and the Beast one. That whole musical was so strange. It was I pretty keep weird. thinking about that, how odd that was. The whole thing with the power plant. But I don't, there was also the Robin Hood episode. That was kind of weird too. Yeah. Yeah, that's that Robin true. Hood episode made no damn sense. No yeah. damn sense indeed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I just, you know, a dance. We didn't get to say goodbye to dance. Dance no. wasn't at the party. Dang it. Why wasn't Lindsay at the party? Video, I think, may have been. She was somewhere. No, video was at Riot's party. What about Tech Rat? In the previous episode. Whatever happened Man, to Tech what Rat? Ha- what, happened, what happened? And to Zipper. Eric? And Zipper. Well, he's in jail. Zipper, well, Zipper, went, Zipper Zipper went to jail. Yeah. Yeah. Zipper went to jail. Well, Eric the must Eric have been Raven. killed long ago. Well, no, like, like you know, Eric. He's protected. After after those kids messed him up, he ran into the hills and just kept running, and ain't nobody seen him since. Either that or, like I said, he was involved in some kind of action where he had to go get the gun out of the bathroom of the Italian restaurant. And now he's in Sicily and he's married to some nice Sicilian uh, country girl. You I, I, I wish like that, that for him. Yeah, I wish that for him, too. You know, far away from pizzazz and the other misfits. Maybe, and, maybe and he would be a more Mr. well-adjusted Gabor. person if he wasn't around the misfits all the time. Yeah. 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 I, I did. With a farm, olive trees, making artisanal olive oil. Yes, that that yeah. is the that's the send off that I imagine for Eric. Yeah, agreed. And I also think that after this show ended, Jerica finally gave up trying to pretend like she could be Jerica and Jem and date Rio. And Jem broke up with Rio and started dating Riot, and everybody was happy. Yeah. Only if, well, I, I, I think that she needs to tell them all her real identity, though. Everyone involved in that romance. Wouldn't it be hilarious if she did and they were like, we don't care? Like, <laughs> like, awesome. <laughs> like, literally, Riot would like come to Starlight Mansion, and Jerry could be like, "Hey, Riot." He's like, mm-hmm, "Where's Jim?" Like, <laughs> he's like, mm-hmm, "We have an agreement." She's like, all right. <laughs> I love that, right? Like, that would just be amazing. And then everybody would be like, "We are so confused," and, uh-huh. and he's just like, mm, "We had an agreement, Jim. It's about Jim. It's about Jim. Jerica." <laughs> Well, I just wanted to say that the, and we may do some some bonus episodes, but as far as covering the series is concerned, this has been an amazing, fun ride. It's been great to uh, to make new friends, to get to know both of you. I've just had an amazing time doing this this podcast, and and I just wanted to say thanks for all the times that the two of you covered when I wasn't around and able to do it, and the both of you did a fantastic job every time. I'm glad we got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I know. I know. No, I, I had an excellent time because, you know, my friends were all tired of me. <laughs> talking to them about Jim all the time. That's one of my favorite things that I love to talk about. And it's so funny because I didn't know either of you when I started this podcast, but literally the reason, the way I got involved was I think Alex tweeted something like, we're starting a podcast about Jim and the holograms. Does anybody know anybody who might want to uh-huh. do this with us? And like 12 people tweeted at me and they were like, did you see this? Did you contact these people? And I'm like, oh. 
my, clearly everybody knows me. I'll um, never forget it's that. Been like, right, but it's been like a really pleasant surprise, like being able to like spend time with the two of you talking about Gem and geeking out and like delving yeah. deep into it. So I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you very much. And I'm so happy that other people enjoyed listening to us do this geekery. Absolutely. Yeah. And it exceeded my expectations because, I mean, just even trying to find people that would be willing to commit to doing the podcast on a regular basis. I was even shocked that 12 people were like, oh, you must do this podcast. I, I, I was really surprised. I thought I would have to do it alone. And I set my expectations really, really low because I figured, well, you know, I don't know how many fans are really out there that still think about this this cartoon. And, you know, how many people are really going to tune in? So for a podcast that was mainly just promoted via word of mouth, uh, you know, I, I thought if if five people listen to it i would i would be happy but the fact that you know pretty much consistently every week you know this podcast would get a couple hundred downloads uh you know and it's been and and you know and it, and it grew fairly fast i i was surprised i i did not expect that at all so and hopefully other people discover the podcast now that it's actually done so maybe they can kind of binge listen to it all the nice thing about doing a podcast from 30 years ago, or the hmm, the nice thing about doing a podcast about a show from 30 years ago is that it's, you know, it's never going to get really outdated because, you know, it was 30 years ago. Exactly. Yeah. Well, any other closing thoughts about this and this series other than it being extremely unsatisfying as far as the ending is concerned? <laughs> Yeah, it really was. Well, I will say this. I do hope that, you know, even though we're not going to be doing this regularly anymore, that if we do have bonus episodes, those will include us getting to talk to Christy Marks and any of the other writers who are still around and maybe even some of the voice actors just to get some of their takes on this. Because I there are so many questions that I have. Like, I want to ask Christy Marks about, like, Jem and Jerrica and Rio and the poly triad and, and like... I want to ask the guy who wrote the episode Riot's Hope, like, was it more like heavy on the, you know, this guy's an abuser angle, you know, previously I, 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 you know, I, I have so many questions. So I hope yeah. that we do get to do that, um, in the future. Right. Well, I, I would definitely like to set some of those up. I don't think you're going to have the opportunity to talk to the, to the writer of Riot's Hope because Roger Slifford died last year. Aw. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess we'll never know. But I definitely would like to set something up with uh, with uh, Samantha or Christy. That would be fantastic. I, I somebody t told me that both of them know that the podcast exists and that they would be interested. So I'm gonna have to uh, I'm gonna have to look into that. I I have also heard that they and I don't know that they listen, but they do know of the show's existence. So yeah, you know I was gonna say. Until next time, show's over, Synergy, but there is no until next time. Well, it's... there might be. We'll do some bonus episodes. If I could remember the lyrics to the song, then we could close with that, but I... This is yeah. farewell. Farewell, right. but not forever. This is go. farewell until we're back together. This is so long for now. We'll meet again somehow. Until the day we do, I will be thinking of you.
That's lovely. What is that? That's literally the lyrics to that song. Oh. We were just talking about Alex. Wow. <laughs> Go me. <laughs> well, usually we do our little outro, but uh, I don't know how relevant that's going to be anymore. Well, for all of those that have stuck with us from the beginning, thank you very much for listening to our podcast. And like we said earlier, we are going to try to do some bonus episodes. So uh, if you are subscribed to the podcast, uh, please stay subscribed and uh, keep an eye out for, for future episodes as well. We may come back and uh, discuss the comic book series, which I think... Uh, that's uh that, that's a whole other world that we can that we can cover and do some bonus episodes with that and possibly some interviews. So definitely stick around. And if you know anybody else that is a gym fan, uh, that would be fantastic if you could spread the word around, let other people know that the podcast exists because now that this is the final episode of our coverage as far as the series is concerned, now is a great time to go back through it and uh, listen to it all in order at one time. That's the lovely thing about podcasts. And uh, once once they're all done, you can just binge listen through it all. And follow us on Twitter. We're at Jim Podcast. We'll, we'll continue to try and tweet from there occasionally. And on Facebook, our Facebook page, which is just facebook.com forward slash Jim Podcast. Of course, we're available in every podcast app where you can find podcasts itunes stitcher TuneIn, google play etc etc and then hopefully until next time show is over synergy <laughs>